Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of At the Movies with Cash and Hightower. You've got Cash here, and this is Hightower. How you doing, Cash? Hey man, happy Valentine's Day. Hey, thanks. Same to you. That's how I'm doing, buddy. We we got to spend a lovely day in this blustery, you know, cool Illinois weather, and uh, yeah, brutal. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like we live in Antarctica some days. Maybe a Antarctic post. Hopefully the uh, Swedes don't come calling here soon. Watch out for huskies. <laughs> they are the devil. So, uh, should we do a little before we get cooking on Roger Rabbit? Absolutely, man. Yeah, I had a, a couple people that I wanted to... Uh, give a shout out to, I didn't mention him last week. One of them, uh, Jessica, an old work buddy had, uh, sent uh, a couple of messages just saying she was enjoying the show. So wanted to uh, give a shout out to her. I don't know if she's still listening or not, but I feel like it was rude to, to gloss over that. And we have a new listener that had reached out to me, an old buddy from high school, Mr. Ryan. Um, he, uh, said he was really digging the show. He was listening to, I believe it was tombstone or predator. I can't remember which now we talked earlier this week, but, he was digging what we were doing, so uh, I'm, I'm still getting positive feedback. So I haven't I haven't got that text yet. That's like, you guys suck. Please stop you doing this. Suck. <laughs> yeah, I I really like Ryan. <laughs> like Boy George or in. Uh... Good. It's yeah. I'm, I'm I'm having a blast and getting a lot of good feedback. And yeah, I don't feel like we're getting the the Boy George treatment from Wedding Singer. Where they're <laughs> you suck. <laughs> That's right. His his partner. <laughs> But yeah, I, mean, I just want to give a couple of quick shout outs there. Those those two, like I said, I, I forgot to mention Jessica last couple of weeks, so that's my bad. Um, and then Ryan, like I said, just just hopped on the bandwagon. I promised him I'd give him a shout out on our enormous platform here. So Ryan, thanks for joining in, bud. Yeah, Ryan and Jessica, good to have you aboard. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> in tonight's episode, especially. <laughs> Even, even though we were talking just a minute ago that, um, man, I just, I remember this movie so much more fondly from my childhood. It just, I was watching it. I was telling the wife, I was like, man, I just, I did not enjoy this as much watching it as an adult for some reason. Yeah. I mean, I've never been like a huge fan of the movie, but like, I, I, I like it for what it is, but yeah, it's never been like one of my favorites. So, and I, yeah. I think I said last week that I had watched it recently, but once I started watching it, I remembered, oh, yeah, I went to, like, YouTube and did a, uh, you know, quick review. I watched, like, the 15-minute version of of it from a YouTube clip. And it's one of those, like, watching the the movie, and obviously we'll get into it here shortly, but I just, I feel like none of the actors that were in it did a bad job. And I feel like there are some really cool effects, and, like, the cartoon animation is, yeah. you know, tremendous, given the circumstances. It's just... I don't know. I remember watching it as a kid being like, Oh God, this is great. And even as you know, high school and I'm like, I, I love this movie. And then I, like I said, I watched it again. I'm sure I'm probably going to disappoint some family members saying this, but it's like, yeah, this just did not hold up as well as I, I had wanted it. It's not bad. It's just, it's not as, as great as I remember. Like, I don't want to watch this ever again. You, you're okay. All right. You're, you're, I like it. You're coming in just firm. Like, I don't, I don't want any part of I don't this. Be, I don't want to be that. <laughs> I don't want to be that negative, but yeah, like you said, I think the, a- the actors are doing a great job, especially 
there's certain scenes where Bob Haskins is, you know, pretty much, you know, acting alone. I know they had like, you know, a dummy rabbit and sometimes Fleischer was on set, but that's you know, a yeah. challenge. I was, he, him and Christopher Lloyd are the two that I was like, man, these guys are, they are carrying this movie right now. Yeah, Lloyd was pretty great too. But enough of the uh, the preamble. If you're ready, we can kind of dive into it now, and uh, we can talk about some maybe our bones that we had to pick with this movie. Sure. Well, let's set it up official here. Our movie this week was uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit from 1988, starring Bob Haskins, Christopher Lloyd, Joanna Cassidy, Charles Fleischer, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Watch kick it off. If it felt like it felt like a little bit of Back to the Future too, and then I forgot that Zemeckis was in charge and Christopher Lloyd's in it, and Steven Spielberg's a producer. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's why it feels like that." Yeah, definitely, <laughs> I agree. And also, right off the get go, we'll do our Kurt Russell connection. Robert Zemeckis, the director of Used Cars, starring Kurt Russell, also the head weasel, co-starring in that movie. He's one of the uh, like the tech guys that interrupts the feed. For the uh, commercial. Is it Garrett Graham? The guy from... Uh, no, talk on it. It's the guy from Laverne and Shirley. I wrote his name down and now I can't. Oh, oh yeah, I know you're talking about. David yeah. Lander. Yes, that guy, yep. Just, just recently passed away, actually. Yeah, R.I.P. But yes, let's let's dive into it. So I, we apologize here. But uh, yeah, we, we open up um, the cartoon that's really, uh, you know, clearly trying to be like a Bugs Bunny kind of ripoff thing and... You know, baby, <laughs> baby Herman, the, the mom's walking around and, you know, Roger's going to watch you. And if he doesn't, he's got back to the science lab. <laughs> like Matt, That's, that's kind of steep for <laughs> first two minutes of the movie, like threatening to send an animal to get tested on. <laughs> Harsh. But this but then this is another one of those things where I was like, OK, this animation, the whole cartoon within the movie, the way that they do this, like this opening scene if it was just a cartoon of this, like it's incredibly well done. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's really good visuals. Like it's not your typical cartoon and it does, like you said, it feels like a throwback to the old school, you know, Disney and Looney Tunes cartoons. It, I definitely felt, I was, I like, uh, we turn on the, like the old Looney Tunes on HBO max sometimes for, uh, our, our little one to watch, even though she doesn't know what's going on, the colors obviously in, in transfer, but I remember when I was watching this, I was like, man, it really feels like, uh, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s kind of Looney Tunes cartoon with all the, you know, getting stuck to or even Tom and Jerry, too, with some of the, the hijinks. So just r- really well done. Agreed. But then we find out that Roger, every time that refrigerator gets dropped on his head, he just he can't see stars. He's uh, <laughs> he's got the birds. He's got whatever else. And. I love like I don't know if it was uh, intentional or not, but the guy that Rogers like pleading with the uh, the director or whatever, you know, lose the playback. Like I I feel like he was trying to look like Walt Disney to a certain degree. Like yeah. I don't know if they subconsciously did it or not, but he definitely kind of looked like Walt Disney. Yeah, he he uh, he looked like Walt Disney, and then what's his name Montez from uh, co or uh, Workaholics. Oh yes, yes, like a perfect combination. <laughs> and then we find out yeah, obviously uh, you know everybody's upset at roger and mr valiant eddie valiant played by bob haskins is is kind of i don't know apparently it's an open set because he's just there watching um you know tunes and then he wanders up to uh, rk maroon's office but 
I, right off the bat, like, again, one of these things that you don't pay attention to when you watch this as a kid, like, Eddie Valiant's liver is going to give out by the end of the movie, the way he's drinking. Yeah, he's hitting it hard, and this appears to be, you know, during the day, so we can assume he's a drunkard. Oh, it's a, it's clearly a day drink, because he walks right up to R.K. Maroon's office after that, and they're editing the film, and it's broad daylight out, so... Yeah. Yeah, he's he's clearly day drinking, and then after he leaves there, he goes to the bar too. So, but yeah, I just I I did not remember that as a kid. It's probably over my head, like I didn't pay attention. But like, there's multiple references about that throughout this entire movie. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, they get up to R.K. Maroon's office, and um, you know, he gives Eddie the job. Basically, he's like, you know, hey, keep an eye on Jessica Rabbit and figure out what she's doing, and. I don't know if you saw this or not in the background, like his office, he's, you know, they're, they're walking and the cameras following him. They've got some of the posters up. I really want to see a cartoon. There was one that was pistol pack and possum. <laughs> I did not see that. Like, like that's, that sounds like a great cartoon idea. That does sound awesome. Hey, well, I guess it was set in 47. So, I mean, probably not frowned as frowned as upon as much as it would be today. <laughs> Maybe the like Marvel creator saw that and then was inspired to make rocket raccoon it's very possible i i think that's uh i think this is like our jk raleigh thing like we just solved yeah we solved something and put some pieces to place that nobody bothered to look into no doubt about it (laughs) and again you know so he's got his own drink that he drinks before he goes up to the office and then Maroon's trying to give him this job and he's, you know, it costs you a hundred bucks and he walks over to the scotch or whatever he's got in the back. Like he's taking another drink. (laughs) Dude, you have got to lay off the sauce, Eddie. (laughs) What? So why is he, what, why does he want pictures of Jessica Rabbit? Like what's, what's RK Maroon's motivation here? So I, at at the beginning, it doesn't really tell you, like, as we go through and hear some more plot points, it seems like he's just clearly put this whole pro- system in place to try and set up Marvin Acme and and frame him and also not I don't think it's intentional to upset Jessica and Roger Rabbit's relationship but according to later on in the movie I guess it's to set up and frame and or blackmail Marvin Acme. I just mean like I like this movie is so unclear plot wise to me that I I have wrote down several notes, but I was too lazy to go back and like actually research it. So I watched this twice, and today was today that I watched it again to take notes because I was like, I remembered it, but again, I'm like, I, I okay, there's this plot point that I couldn't really. So I'm I'm writing down these notes and I'm rereading it before our our call here, and I'm like, my God, if I go through step by step with this, people listening are gonna go. What in the hell are they talking about? Like, I cannot follow what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't understand. Like, why, why was, why would he want to get incriminating photos of his star's wife? I just, I don't know. I missed it. I think, like I said, I think late, based off what he they say later, and when Eddie's got him, and I know we're I'm spoiler alerts, but um, when Eddie's got him tied up in that editing machine with his tie. He's like, you know, I I wanted to frame or I wanted to sell the Cloverleaf and I and he wouldn't buy unless I had Marvin Acme's chunk of land. So I had to blackmail him. So I I think if I remember correctly, he's just trying to blackmail Acme so he would sell his land to Cloverleaf. That's so weird, though, because I thought that guy was like all about the saving the tunes and they're doing it for the tunes and stuff. I don't know. And, 
and he gave this like big professive speech like i don't want the tunes to be wiped out and blah 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 and like it makes a little bit more sense but yeah that's just there's so many plot points that it's like and especially for a pg movie that's you know again probably primarily directed towards kids because you have disney and looney tunes characters in there it's like yeah I, I again i don't know why i liked it so much as a kid that's i hate saying that yeah i mean like i think it's obvious why we liked it as kids like I mean, like Dumbo and Bugs Bunny pop up in like the first, you know, ten minutes. Like, it's cool oh yeah, there, you know? Unrelated though, though, like whenever he's uh, when Eddie's trying to get the details and get him to pay him a hundred dollars for this job, like, you know, you laugh because Dumbo pops out of nowhere, like you mentioned, and Eddie like hides under the table and like freaks out, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of jumpy, ain't you, Valiant? Like. <laughs> probably not a good thing to give a blast to the ticker like that that somebody's definitely got alcoholism and is probably going to have the shakes if he doesn't have a drink within 10-15 minutes it is funny to think Dumbo almost killed Eddie but he works for peanuts <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> I laugh too like again you just watching this and you you try and especially with a movie like this with the animation and everything going on like it's obviously very far-fetched so you don't really you you don't worry like man this isn't realistic but <laughs> If they're working on the lot and nobody's batting an eyelash about these cartoons, that dude that's sitting on the bench and then the hippo from Fantasia sits on the one side and just <laughs> launches him into the air, like yes. that guy's going to have serious injuries and or death upon landing because it's not in Toonland or not in Toontown. There are some like legitimately like funny parts in this film, and I think we talked about it early on. Like the, I mean, it is truly incredible the like animation and. Like, I mean, I honestly forgot that I was watching, like, a cartoon Nixon reality movie. Like, I mean, they, you you don't see it. Like, they just do a good job of, you know, like, Bob Haskins, man. Like, I that guy did a great job. And something else I thought of, too. Like, obviously, they have these props on, like, strings and stuff like that whenever there's not animation around. But you yeah. really, it, it's hard to tell with some of it. Like, I think you can kind of tell, like, at the end with the, Roger holding the ink can, whatever, like that one seems kind of a little mm -hmm. bit jumpy, but even that you're like, my God, this was, this came out in 88 and this is the kind of special effects that they had. Now, granted, I saw it was like, I think I was reading, like it was the most expensive production for a film in the eighties because of how much the animations, which I totally buy in it and it clearly pays off. Yeah. I mean, they did all that. That was all like by hand animation. It took them like several years to complete, I think. It's, it's just I, I, and I think the more time goes on, the more the further you get away from it. I think like that's that's why it has as much of an impression because it's like, yeah, the animation's so good that you kind of maybe forgive the fact that it's yeah. <laughs> weak in some other areas. Yeah, it's like a great movie achievement, but even though you know the plot's a little silly and yeah, old Disney and Warner Brother characters together, which is also cool. And yeah, it, this film won like several Oscars for you know editing and you know all those those types of categories oh yeah and, and justifiably so for that kind of thing like yeah totally yeah you earned your keep with that for sure mm -hmm. but uh yeah and then i so we go from that like he you know he's leaving and then he hops on the he hops on the car or the the trolley and it's like okay so eddie's doing his part to contribute to juvenile delinquency because he's helping kids <laughs> take a free ride on this and then giving them getting cigarettes from them too. Like, Hey, thanks for the cigarettes. Like kids don't smoke, but it was the eighties and everybody smoked in movies. Bum on a cig. 
And again, you know, he he, got, he get, gets off the gets off the trolley, goes up to his like office building, basically. Mailman drops. He's like, oh, I got some bills for you. Just goes ahead and throws those away, and then goes in to go do some more day drinking in the bar. But this is where we meet Dolores. I love Dolores. And Dolores is awesome. She's my favorite character. She is no nonsense too. She's not having any of his crap. I love her. Do you know what what movie she's from? Oh, I saw there was a few movies that she was in I recognized, but which one are you thinking of? She was one of the replicants from uh, Blade Runner. Oh, that's right. I remember seeing that. Yeah, she's awesome. I totally i i was I was looking at a few and I recognized in a few things, but I I remember I was like, oh yeah, that. <laughs> She's she's from Blade Runner, as m- many other things as well. Very unrecognizable from Blade Runner. She looks totally different, obviously, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. But yeah, we got to meet Dolores and come to find out that, um, you know, apparently they were buddies. Obviously, Eddie, with his drinking problem, has also got a debt problem, so she's trying <laughs> to get some, some money from him, but I... I laugh too. And I, I, of course, you know, watching it now, you, you pick up on this, but you know, do you have a camera? I got to take some pictures and yeah, here you go. And the film hasn't been developed since we went to Catalina. And I wrote down, I was like, I really hope they managed to stop at the Catalina wine mixer. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. I can't hear Catalina. <laughs> nothing, but the F and it's, Catalina the, wine. <laughs> it's the freaking Catalina wine mixer. Hey, I got a question for you. Fire away. My good man. You know what happens here on Friday? <laughs> fish special? God, fish special? <laughs> That's a great one. Bills. That's awesome. But I love, like, too, and, it's, I, and I even remember this as a kid. Thing. So Angelo <laughs> comes in, just slams his lunchbox down. And again, I understand what they're going for. Like, okay, he's, you know, kind of a drunk, a, you know, a little slovenly. But even for that, like, dude has got no personal boundaries whatsoever. He's just up in Eddie's business the is entire he, time. And is he eating an egg that Eddie smashed? It's a, yeah, it's a hard-boiled egg. Okay, I couldn't, like, I thought that's what it was, but I wasn't sure. It took me a while, too, because I remember when I was a kid, I remember watching, I was like, is he going to cook an egg there? Like, that's really weird. Like, why? I don't understand this. <laughs> I only pieced it together whenever he shoves it in his mouth, and he ends up spitting it out a few minutes later. Well, yeah, I, just, I couldn't tell the consistency. It was weird. But yeah, we uh, we also get to hear a little bit more about Eddie's backstory because busting his chops about working working a job for a tune and come to find out Eddie's brother was killed by a tune because a piano was dropped on his brother's head. <laughs> a, I guess if I guess if a piano had been dropped on my brother's head, I'd hate the tunes as well. I would. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair, you know. I would hold a grudge there. But it's funny. He hates like all tunes, like Dumbo included. (laughs) I mean, all of them. And especially like, you know, we find out a a little bit later on that he's like, yeah, we took it because we thought it'd be a lot of fun. So (laughs) you liked it. And then one, you know, one bad apple and you didn't finish the job and find who did it. So then you just hate all of them. I feel like he does a white brush. Yeah, no kidding. Come on, Eddie. But yeah, you were uh, you were mentioning there. So you feel like he likes Betty Boop. So that's what we you know he goes to the the Ink and Paint Club. And first off, I, I, <laughs> he gets he gets greeted by I was like it's clearly one of the band members from the the band Gorillas before they made it popular. Like he was a bouncer outside. <laughs> yeah, definitely. and Mor- 
and more swearing the the swearing in this movie too. It's just like God, this movie is not for kids. And I I feel like when I was younger, it was targeted towards children. It definitely was. It's so funny. I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I was very little when I saw this. Learning bad words. It was oh man, but I I love it too. And then he goes inside and you see the dueling pianos between you know Donald and Daffy Duck and. Again, great animation. They both do a pretty good job, you know, voice acting and all that stuff. It sounds like them, and it's the, it's, it's the original guys, I think. That's yeah, it was. That's right. There were so many voices from people that like had actually done the the voices previously for him, and actually done the original voices too. So that's another thing that's that's really cool about this movie. Yeah, it's crazy. I heard, I read that anytime, well, basically Disney and Warner Brothers agreed to like use their characters together but they had to have like same like screen time mm-hmm. so essentially they would just pair up like you know daffy and donald and like have them in the same scene and like later on there's like mickey and bugs in the parachute scene so yeah that was like kind of the deal like they couldn't show favorites i was i was reading that too and that makes sense because as soon as they said like oh yeah most of the like the big ones are in the same scene together so yeah and then they all like they're at the end they're all in there together so you can't say like any any one had more screen time than the other right but yeah, then we uh, we see Betty Boop's working a waitress job, which <laughs> I knew this because I looked it up a few years ago. But we were watching it today, and I was like, I was asking my wife, I was like, "Hey, do you recognize that voice of Betty Boop?" And no. she kind of looked at me. She's like, "Is that Aunt Bethany?" <laughs> it is Aunt Bethany. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah, she was one of the like the original Betty Boop voices. So it's it's Aunt Bethany, and I didn't realize because I looked it up today just to double check. But she also did the voice of Olive Oil. Oh yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. So that kind of blew me up, but I can't hear her voice. <laughs> Don't throw me down, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. I just I I you, if you look it up, like like oh yeah, that's one of her one of her main things that she was going through, like Betty Boop and blah blah blah, and like oh yeah, she was Aunt Bethany in Christmas Vacation too. <laughs> I love it. Good for her. Oh, but then we then we get Jessica Rabbit, her uh, her song, and not even really a dance, just her song, and God, just uncomfortable. I feel like like for me, it was uncomfortable watching this. <laughs> you know what? I feel like a lot of people. I mean, obviously she's a cartoon, but I feel like a lot of people are like, "Oh man, Jessica Rabbit, she's so hot." You know? Yeah. I find the Jessica Rabbit character just just like grosses me out. I don't know. There's something yeah. about her that like is like g- disgusting. I know. I w- I was thinking the same thing. Like, and again, I, I watched it as a kid, and honestly, as as a young young kid, I didn't even think anything of it. I was just like, "Oh, okay," you know, did bad. And I and then as I got older, I was like, "Okay, this this lady's intended to clearly be like the sexual tension throughout the entire movie." And then now as an adult, I'm watching I was like this is just weird. Yeah, it is super bizarre. Maybe it's. I think my reaction might be just to how like people react to her. Yeah. And when I see her, I'm just like, ugh, like. I was reading something too, like talking about things that's kind of like, okay, this is weird. Like, okay, so people had to sit down and think this up and draw it, one. And then two, I was reading something that they're like, well, we wanted to give obviously unrealistic, you know, dimensions of her body and blah, 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 and things like that. So then they're sitting there talking about like, well, women's boobs usually go down when they walk, but we want them to go up. I'm like, you hearing this stuff and you're like god people sat in a room and thought about this like that that's the stuff that creeps me out <laughs> that's crazy like woof, you you guys gotta i don't know get a hobby 
Because Time well spent. <laughs> What'd you do tonight? Well, we talked about which directions women boobs bounce. Like that that was our evening. Cool. How much did you get paid? Millions of dollars. <laughs> Jessica Rabbit, voiced by Kathleen Turner, even though she's uncredited. I know. That's I totally didn't realize that she wasn't credited because I I knew it was her voice, but I, the only one that gets credited is the one that sings for her, right? And I can't even remember that that lady's name now for some reason, but yeah. They credit the singer and the person who like did like the stand in like the you know the they called a performance model I believe. Yeah, that's just crazy. I was like, why is she not credited? So obviously, you know, whatever behind the scenes for that to happen. But yeah, I was like, what's well, clearly Kathleen Turner? <laughs> yeah. So during that time, um, you know, obviously Eddie runs into to Marvin Acme before Jessica's song and dance number and squirts him with a pen and you know he's like how come you squirted me with that pen which i love he's like just calm down fella it's disappearing ink like yeah but if i'm walking yeah. into a club and someone just squirts me with ink like i'd, I'd be kind of pissed too like hey <laughs> not cool man yeah i think i think acme kind of had it coming i think so too yeah. but we uh we, we're clearly this is where the hand buzzer craze started because the next year the Joker would use this in Batman, so apparently he was responsible for bringing the the hand buzzer gag back. The Joker had Acme gags. He did, but his obviously was defaulted and and, and faulty because you know he killed somebody with it. I mean, like if you just, I mean, Eddie like randomly walks in there and Acme, you know, pulls these pranks onto some random dude. I got to think that the. Uh, you know, the suspect list would have been pretty long if, like, he's willing to just do that to complete strangers. <laughs> That's like, what I was thinking, too. Like, a lot of people want to, would have wanted to murder him. So this guy owns Toontown and continuously pulls pranks and does things to complete strangers. Do you know anybody that could have wanted, wanted him dead? Um, yeah, the entire uh, town of Los Angeles, actually. <laughs> they, they all had a reason at some point, probably. As a matter of fact, I kind of want to murder him, too. <laughs> Oh yeah, but we, um, you know, he does that. But it's it'll come back later. Obviously, the the ink thing. But at the time, you're just like, God, what a like, what a dick, just <laughs> spraying a stranger with yeah. complete, you know, just just ink and not even really, um, not even really batting an eyelash. Like you have a lot of uh, cones, my friend. For real. But before we get into playing any more patty cake, you want to take a, a quick little break, ski, and we'll we'll come back. Let's do that. Sounds good. We will be back. Adios. Come on, Eddie. Raise your sense of humor. Hey, welcome back. Hey, man. Glad to be back. It's good to have you. <laughs> that was Eric Stratton. He was damn glad to meet you. <laughs> yeah, man. So now we, we get, again, we get into a little bit more of the uh, the unsavory, like clearly uh, sexual innuendo scene here with Eddie spying on Marvin Acme and Jessica Rabbit and gets thrown out by the giant gorilla again, but manages to hop up on the window ledge with the, with the help of that garbage can and take. Definitely sounds like it's not patty cake being played, but in the pictures we see shortly, that's, that's what was going on. <laughs> they were playing patty cake. We'll, uh, we'll leave it at that and we'll say it was, it was just a, uh, they were hand driving together. Born to hand drive, baby. <laughs> And I, I again, like, so it comes back to the office. Roger's very distraught, obviously, getting to see the pictures. Doesn't really question that Eddie's taking these pictures. Like, 
Hey, how yeah. come you're sneaking behind my back taking pictures of my wife? Like, that's not cool. Yeah, who sent you? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you showing me these? Just not not cool, man. Oh, but we uh, we do find out a fun little a little fact here that every time uh, Roger has a uh, a glug of hard alcohol, he uh, <laughs> blows like a whistle horn and shatters all the glass in in the surrounding area. That's right, loses his. Um, very important plot points that will come into play later uh, of these these two scenes here. It's just good writing. It is obviously. This like and again like at this point I'm watching this and I'm just like, God, I am not getting into this as as much as I remember. Like even even as a kid, like I don't know why I was like, oh, this is still fun and this is cool. Maybe it was because the p- piano scene or whatever. But I was just I'm watching it now. I was like, God, I, I'm gonna pause and like go do something else for a minute and come back to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I just like looking for the stuff in the background and um, there's some cool. Just kind of like trying to notice little things. Like when we get to their office, there's a funny little headline I read. I'll I'll wait till you get there. But yeah, I, I'm. I was. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I made a note of one of those too. But I yeah. So I anyway. So we see you know Roger bust out. Does the you know the standard cartoon like bust out of a, a wall? But the, you only see a silhouette in the window, and he goes over to the Acme factory, which obviously will be important here shortly. But then Eddie gets back to the office, and you know it's his office slash apartment clearly and um yeah we can we can see some of those pictures that were developed from catalina so they were all obviously having a grand old time but we also see that uh his brother's side of the desk is has not been touched it's very dusty um obviously he's having a hard time letting go understandably so you know if you're if your brother's taken by a freak piano dropping accident that's gonna that's gonna affect you yeah but I think you, uh, I think you're probably looking at the same headline that I saw. It's like, who accuses Goofy of being a spy? Dude, that's a great. I I laughed out loud for that. That's great. Goofy <laughs> cleared of spy charges. It's like, what is what is happening right now? Well, I'm assuming he was being accused of uh, being a communist or something. Like, you know, it's you know. I know, time. but this was before the '50s, so that yeah, that it wasn't the Red Scare yet. So I man, that's. I was like, "What is? Why is Goofy being accused of this? And who who would say like, oh, Goofy's a spy, and then take that seriously?'" It's so funny. It's a it's a great great throwaway little joke there. I know. But then we get uh, Eddie's so drunk that he doesn't feel the Lieutenant Santino pulling the bottle out of his hand, but he hears him slam it into the garbage can. <laughs> I was trying. It was bothering me. So Lieutenant Santa, apparently he was, um, he was in Star Wars. I saw. Yeah, he's the guy who gets choked out. I had to, yeah, I had to look it up. I was like, okay, he's in Star Wars, and then I saw that picture. I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense now. But very cavalier about Marvin Acme, head of Toontown, just like, yeah, the rabbit cacked him last night. Like, <laughs> all right, so this is a standard day for you then? Like, no big deal. That's how they talked and. 1947 that's right and i love to so this uh, kind of an aside so they you know he tells him obviously what's going on and eddie goes with him and they they arrive at acme studios and as they get there and (laughs) yosemite sam comes flying over the 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 fence and so again totally random like has nothing to do with the movie but i worked with a guy um job you know relatively fresh out of college 
he had like a long mullet and he had a handlebar mustache that was down that far, mm-hmm. like as, as cool as a cucumber for the most part. But like, for some reason, the boss would get him all revved up and he'd start, he'd start in like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And just start, you know, cussing him every which way up and down. And I'm, he, he did that one day and he went storming out. I go, Oh, Harold, are, you, are your biscuits burning too? <laughs> He's like, what, what are you saying? <laughs> Cause he, he did like everybody like started dying laughing. Like he does look like Yosemite Sam. I thought you were going to tell me that he said my biscuits are burning one day. That's no, awesome. God, I, I, man, that would, that would have made it so much better. I was like, man, are your biscuits burning? Like, I think I got it one time. Be like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> matter of fact, they are. <laughs> you know that you mentioned it. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, it's, it's all right. That's I, I saw him and I like immediately had like flashbacks. I was like, oh yeah, I remember giving that guy a hard time. <laughs> That's great. Kind of reminds me of Jim the Anvil Nightheart a little bit. A little bit. Very short tempered, though. That's for sure. That's that's Yosemite Sam. Oh yeah. But we wouldn't. Eddie wouldn't have his gun without him. I I, I finally noticed that today when I watched it. I did not. I never picked up on that before. Oh, he didn't have his gun. So his cartoon gun at the end, it, on when he lifts it up, it says it says courtesy of Yosemite Sam. Oh, nice. I I never picked up on that till I watched it today incredible but yes yeah, so they uh, they get inside and you see jessica's being questioned and they've got the safe <laughs> on the ground over like the the outline of the body which i don't know it just the way that it was done it just totally reminded me of the naked gun whenever they yeah. have the outline of that body in the water yep <laughs> and then not only that what's that i said 100 <laughs> percent. well and then so not only that like if this is supposed to be a police investigation about a major murder that just went down, like the entire police department is tampering with the evidence of the crime room, like to no end. And there's just people like coming to and fro that don't belong there. Just like throw, throw, like grab it. Yeah. Grabbing the black hole thing, throwing it on the wall. The guy with the mallet that shoots the, obviously again, most of this stuff, like so subtle at the beginning, but it comes back later, but it's like, God, you guys are really, uh, really tampering with the crime scene here. <laughs> Did you get any good fingerprints? Yeah, we got Johnson's. His was all over that the box of black holes. <laughs> Where were you last night, Johnson? <laughs> that is something straight out of Naked Gun. Oh my God! But uh, yeah, so Jessica comes down and slaps Eddie and storms out like she's all upset, which you know, whatever. I don't even bat an eyelash at that. But then what I didn't understand too, like they're wheeling Acme's body out and then they trip over that carton and then like all the, the shoes and boots come out and then his arm falls off and the buzzer falls out. I'm like, why is Eddie like trying to be all sneaky grabbing this thing? Like it's, it's, he's acting like this is some love memento from a long lost friend that, Oh, I just have to have this. Like he shocked me with this last night. It's I, we really bonded over that. Yeah, when that fell out, I was like, ooh, ooh, that's a like a major clue. And it was like, oh, it's the freaking hand buzzer? Okay. When I watched it back today, like for some reason in my mind, I was thinking like, oh, this is when that will falls out and he just he picks it up. Like I don't know why, but in my mind that's what happened. I was like, oh, it was just the hand buzzer. Like, this is stupid. Like, why why are we doing this? Yeah, is that just so they could introduce Judge Doom? I can't remember like when he count when he comes into the scene, but Maybe. Yeah, it's so as he's picking it up, he pokes him with that cane and 
zaps him a little bit. And he, is this man stealing crime from a crime scene? But again, if he's paying attention at all to anything going on before this, like Eddie grabbing a hand buzzer from a dead guy's corpse is the least of your worries, Judge. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> But again, and this is, goes back to that, those references too. He's like, oh, by the smell of him, I could tell it was the booze talking. Like, And somebody <laughs> yeah. at, at earlier is like, oh, did they change your name from Eddie Valiant to Jack Daniels? Like, yeah. Bud, you need to reevaluate your life. <laughs> I'm kidding, man. He's the butt of all the jokes. But, you know, between uh, between Eddie and, and Judge Doom, like I said earlier, I'd like these, these two kind of carry the movie for me. And Christopher Lloyd does a tremendous job being a tune pretending to be a human being. Cause I, I feel like it's a, it's a role he was destined to play. <laughs> yeah. He does a really good job. He's super creepy. And he's over the top, but it's over the top in like a, I don't know if it's subtle way is the best way to put it, but he's like perfectly over the top with it. Like not so much so that it's like, distracting but you can tell like something's off the entire movie and if you don't know that he's a tune which spoiler alert sorry everybody if you haven't seen this but i'm assuming you have um it's it's subtle enough that you're like something's off but you don't know exactly what it is until obviously the the big reveal later on right and this is when we get to meet his his weasels too oh yeah i did actually do love the weasels but i was gonna say I must have been pretty little when I first saw this because I remember being like really bummed out when he kills that little squeaky uh, shoe. It still bums me out today. Like that's that shoe did nothing. Yeah, I was. I think I was just really scared of Christopher Lloyd at that time, or that character anyway. I (laughs) again totally random, but we were uh, we were cooking dinner tonight, and I don't know if you have them or not, but with the smoker, I get these like meat gloves. And every single time I put them on, I'm like, I want to dispense some justice. <laughs> <laughs> Grabbing the meat so it's not. But yeah, I, it's the exact same kind of thing. Well, and so this is something too. Like I don't I, again po- poking holes in a movie that's has cartoons in it is is obviously a, a a silly task. But you know, you remember how you know we never thought there was a way you could kill a tune. Well, he figured out how to do it, and this yeah. big long diatribe about the dip, and then like they start laughing like. You're going to laugh yourselves to death. Like, okay, so it's laughing in the depth. Like, that's how you kill them? Like, that's, yeah, get- that was, man, I wrote that down too. They make a, yeah, they call it out. And then, oh, but also you can laugh, laugh to death. Like, get your, get your story straight, which is even sillier because the whole point of tunes, as Roger says multiple times, is to make people laugh. So, yeah, I, yeah, that's pretty bizarre. I would like toxic chemical. I, I'll, I'll give them that. But yeah, just, those weasels die laughing later is just absurd. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, I like the weasels too. And <laughs> I think it's funny that like, yeah, this judge, you know, obviously he's, he's got himself in power and blah, blah, blah. And like Nobody questions the fact that this judge is going around trying to solve crimes with three, three or four or five or how many ever it, it, by the end cartoon weasels, like <laughs> there's seven of them. Seven. Oh, that's yeah, because it was originally going to be like uh, the Seven Dwarfs kind of thing, right? Yep. I just it made me laugh. Like, oh my god, this judge he's a real he's a real hard ass. But uh, yeah, keep an eye out for those weasels. I feel like if you have uh, someone in your employment who's wearing a uh, 
wow, I'm getting the term for it. What's like the insane asylum? The uh... oh, straight jacket. Straight jacket. Yeah, thank you. Wow. I feel like if you have someone in your employment wearing one of those, that's a pretty big red flag. <laughs> yeah, you might want to, you might want to throw up a, a can back. Hey, listen, I don't want to poke holes in anything here. I don't want to be, you know, I want to be a fly in the ointment, but um, maybe we could find a replacement. <laughs> yeah. And then we get back from, you know, obviously all that after he, uh, again, straight up commits a, uh, I, I guess it's technically a murder, even though it's a cartoon character. Um, and he gets back to his office and <laughs> that, th- again, this is one of those creepy things. It's like this lady's taking care of baby Herman and, you know, come on toots. And that's the problem. I got a three, you know, three-year-old body, but a 50-year-old winky, like, good God. Like, why are you saying that? <laughs> You got it backwards. It's a fifty-year-old body, a three-year-old. Oh, that's winky. right. Yeah, that's right. That is the. Uh, just... That's like one of the only connections, like back to the book. Like he he says that in the book, but the story of the book is so much different. <laughs> I'm sure. I remember you were texting me about that this week. I actually want to read that too, just because you said it was like totally different, and I'm assuming way better. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's more enjoyable, but only because it's. Um, I mean, they're not trying to like pigeonhole all these, you know kids cartoon characters in them it's yeah it's totally separate i mean there are some they do refer to some different characters but um, it's more like it's more like an adult themed book you know it's yeah you know about murder but his whole like you know he didn't roger didn't do it you know marvin acme was going to leave us the or in his will he was going to leave us toontown and you know where's the where's the will like well i can't find it and blah 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 and Eddie's obviously still skeptical because he's still upset at tunes and try, tries to push him down a flight of stairs indirectly, I guess. Cause yeah. <laughs> he just shoves him towards the stairwell like, all right, whatever. Seriously. He's a tune. He can take it. You drop as many refrigerators on his head as you want. He'll bounce right back. <laughs> oh, but then we see, um, you know, Eddie happens to, as he's taking his suspenders off, he gets inside and he happens to see through the, I guess magnifying glass of his shot glass that the will is in Acme's pocket last night when he was playing patty cake. So that's right. I love he's like has a moment and like oh maybe you know he's telling the, the baby was right. Out <laughs> of hell with it. Like, <laughs> well, it's potentially foul play and this murder's committed and you know things are not going or as they seem. Oh well, guess I better get back to sleeping. <laughs> Dude, that is a sweet bed. I love that like pull down bed he's got. I know I I like that too. It looked like the the you know the desk or the um the drawers like you use in a you know an office desk kind of thing, but it's got that yeah. drop down. I was like that's that is kind of cool. That's super cool. But we see that Roger has been hiding in Eddie's bed. <laughs> the whole scene just th- and again like you were talking about this is one of those things that I made a note of like He's flying all over the apartment, like trying yeah. acting like he's trying to grab him too. Like he, he does a phenomenal job for acting. Like you know, I'm sure they had stand-ins and things like that, but he did really, really well with this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, I watched this movie, and like to his credit, I don't even think about that's actually just him, you know, by himself doing all this crap. But I know yeah, that's pretty impressive and pretty physical stuff too. Like he kind of like yeah. slams into that. Um, he slams into that cabinet like at one point and kind of, you know, bounces all over the, the bed and all, like relatively physical stuff. 
Yeah, jumping off, like, jumping, like, over the bed. Yeah, it's a really weird jump he does. That's that's really cool. But we also find out that, you know, Roger is obviously pleading his case, saying he didn't do it, and find out that he, he found this blank sheet of paper, and he wrote a love letter to Jessica because he was mad at her, which <laughs> <laughs> obviously pretty silly. But, again, it'll be important later when we find out, you know, what that piece of paper is. But... In the meantime, we hear the weasels are coming. But even before that, too, it's like, did you tell anybody you were here? Well, <laughs> I asked the mailman, and then he asked us if I... But at the liquor store, they knew. <laughs> Classic cartoon awesome. stuff, man. I, I, I did get a kick out of that. Dude, I love when these weasels show up, and, like, you know, they're questioning him, and he's hiding Roger in the sink or whatever. But, like, the one, like, weasel pulls like the big dick move like when he's about to leave he like splashes water on it i know <laughs> just, just a jerk i love it and i love to like how casually it's like they shoot a hole th- or they shoot the the knob off the door and just you know this loud noise all this stuff like oh hey fellas i didn't hear you come in <laughs> plays it totally cool i love it that is good and that's like too like I was trying to watch like this scene in particular, like they're carrying the guns around and even the guns move pretty naturally for what the cartoon characters do. And then like you said, when he splashes that water at the end, like I'm trying to watch, like maybe it'll this water will splash up like a split second before or after something. Like it it convincingly looks like this cartoon is interacting yeah. with what's going on in the environment around. Yeah, they nailed it. It's like right on. It's spot on. So yeah, we get uh, we get from that, and then uh, Eddie uh, puts the trench coat on and hides Roger in the front of his coat, and <laughs> it's yeah. just constantly kicking and moving around. And again, you know, is that a rabbit in your coat? Are you just happy to see me? Like, <laughs> God, there's so many sexual references in this movie. Right. And I thought it was kind of cool that they incorporated like in the in this bar, like the the rot gut room that they call it, or <laughs> wait. Yeah, Speakeasy room, yeah. It's so like it was cool, and then like the the eye holes that you know, looking out to see, you know, see if the oh, fuzz man. was coming in. I love a good eye hole scene in a movie. Those are great. <laughs> it always cracks me up too. I always wonder like what those people at the table are thinking when his eyes are poking out and it knocks that beer bottle over. Like, <laughs> why the hell did my beer bottle just fall over? <laughs> there's a there's a moment in this room where I can't remember what Eddie throws Dolores. Maybe a newspaper. I can't remember what it is, but like he throws something, and she just like casually one hand like back in grabs it. Oh yeah, I was like, whoa! Like, what a freaking grab! Listen, Dolores doesn't mess around, dude. That was a baller move. I can't remember what it is, but he just it was it was the pictures that he took, and he like blew up the because it took oh. all night to develop some of them and not others, and then like this one he blew up. So yeah, but it was a blown up of the of the will, dude. I mean, she just. Just casually backhands, just man, look like old hat. I also made a note. I don't know if you caught this or not. I just and I, I don't even know why it struck struck my eye, but there was a box of Czech cereal in the background, <laughs> and I was like, okay, whatever. So they just had something back there to snack on. And then later on, when Judge Dune comes up, like there's a box of Czech cereal at the bar top too. I was like. Why is there so much checks at this place? Like, is that a bar snack that I wasn't aware of in the forties? Apparently, I just I I don't know. It was one of those things. I was like, let's again, like you said, you know, you're looking at the background stuff. I just happened to notice. I was like, well, that's weird. 
<laughs> it's quite strange. Yeah, that was your pub food, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was just pretzels and you know popcorn. I feel like that's cheap and easy, but apparently Chex also was in the mix at one point in time. We had no idea. Popcorn. And then we hear uh, Eddie's whole um, thinking behind this. So he thinks Maroon is behind the murders and that they don't have the will and, you know, they're still looking for it. So you, you start to get the inkling, obviously, that RK Maroon's involved somehow, but um, still don't have definitive proof. So he's going to leave Roger there, which, again, you know, if you're, if you're thinking objectively with just the fact that this cartoon rabbit's on the run for murder, like, it's the worst thing you could have done. But it, it, it makes for a funny scene later. Again, this whole scene, like, so Eddie goes back to his place, gets cleaned up, and Jessica's there. Like, it's just, it's, every scene with her kind of just makes me uncomfortable. Like, I think for the reason, like, you're talking about a couple other things. But anyway, she's, you know, Maroon set Eddie up to take pictures because she wanted to blackmail Acme and basically said that if, if they didn't do this, that Roger would never be able to work again in the movies. But thankfully, Dolores comes in and kind of breaks things up a little bit. But that's that's between that and then his scene later when he's interrogating Maroon, that's where I got the, the whole blackmail subplot. Yeah, I just I think I'm just so grossed out. I just don't pay attention I, during this. I understand. That's fair. Her like famous line, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I'm just like, ugh. yep. I mean, that's like probably the most famous line from the movie as well. Yeah, I saw something. It was in like some top 100 quotes of all time or some like it wasn't like a legitimate rating. So like somebody like, oh, this this was ranked in this magazine or something. I was like, why? Yeah. Why are people so in love with Jessica Rabbit? Uh, it's, who knows? I mean, I'm all about Dolores. Yeah, Dolores. Dolores is uh, she's got some revealing outfits as well. I'm a big fan of Dolores. Yeah, Dolores is awesome though. Like I, I love she, she's 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 Gator. She don't play she don't play like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's oh man, is that a other guy's reference? It was. I like it. Don't go chasing waterfalls, man. That's right. <laughs> no scrubs. You say no scrubs. You say don't go chasing waterfalls. I don't even understand the reference. <laughs> But yeah, she, so she comes. So and there's a there's kind of a comical scene, I guess, best way to put it. Before they're like, Dolores, get down, check out the probate. Yeah, probate. My uncle had a problem with his probate, and he took a big peel. <laughs> That's prostate, you idiot. So anyway, she comes back to tell Eddie that it's not R.K. Maroon, it's Cloverleaf that wants to in town, and that they uh, recently bought the red card, the trolley system in town. So kind of throws a whole wrench in his plans, but. As she's explaining this to him, you get to hear the uh, hear the music playing up in the bar, and <laughs> come to find out that Roger's putting on a song and dance number. <laughs> right to the to the Looney Tunes song. I know. I I will say, like the two my two most favorite scenes in this movie, like this scene, this little part here, and then the end, whenever Eddie does his little song and dance number. Like I don't know why. Like those are the two scenes that I genuinely still like okay i still enjoy these scenes at, like i did when i was a kid but it just i don't know it just makes me laugh i don't like the roger rabbit one but i like eddie's at the end it's it's pretty charming yeah so yeah roger's putting on the whole song and dance and making everybody laugh and you know having a grand old time but eddie you know constantly vigilant trying to protect him throws him back into the rock gut room and 
Dolores gives him the scoop that Judge Dune has arrived because he's not only heard, but the weasels were underneath the road and heard them talking about Roger being at the uh, the bar. So Judge Dune and his weasels show up to really <laughs> I made a note of this too. Like I the mean spirited, like taking the guy's arm or taking the guy's sleeve that <laughs> doesn't have one arm, cleaning off the chalkboard. <laughs> like yeah. a jerk. Phenomenal heel move. And why is this chalk so squeaky? Like I thought he was using his nails or something at first, but no, it's he's actually using chalk. Yeah. Why is it that doesn't make sense? I can remember now very vaguely and very seldomly that would this happen, but like I remember if we get a new chalk piece of chalk out of the box whenever we were in school and start writing and it was like flat, it would make that noise, but it wouldn't do it for that long. Yeah. I've... I don't like that. I don't either. But he's he's in there to kind of give a shakedown and offer up a reward and he writes on the board you know, like five hundred bucks and <laughs> Angelo would sell you out for a nickel and does the whole you know, pretending that the rabbit's there, which, you know, Roger proving his point that sometimes all you all you need is just to be able to make people laugh. Right. It's a heartwarming message. But if there's one, if there's one thing I know about a tune, it can't resist shaving a haircut. <laughs> the old shave and a haircut. But fun fact, the tunes can't re- you know resist, but the weasels resist and Judge Dune resists. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't bother anyone else, but maybe because yeah. they're bad tunes. Like I'm I'm just I'm chalking it up to that saying like bad tunes can resist it, but good tunes can't, maybe. I don't know. You wanna know a fun fact? Let's hear it. Anytime I knock on someone's door, I do I do the start of shave and a haircut. Oh yeah. I love doing it too, because it drives it does drive people nuts. I mean like people I don't even know. If I just like go up to someone, I'll just do it. <laughs> and they never do it back. But, Two yeah, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I just leave it out for form. So yeah, so he obviously he draws Roger out. So I have to ask, did you ever when you were younger try and do the you do, you don't gag that they do here whenever he's offering him the drink? No. Nope. I, I genuinely and embarrassingly so admit to this, like as a kid, I tried to do this to somebody one time and I did that and they're like, What the hell are you doing? Like, why did you like they looked at me like I was such an idiot. Like, dang it, it works in the cartoons. Like, why wouldn't? And I, you know, I say I'm a kid. Like, I was like, you know, five or six years old when I tried this. So obviously, I didn't know any better. But I was like, dang it, it works in the cartoons. How come it's not working now? <laughs> Were you offering another six-year-old? Alcohol? I was. Yeah, I was, you who with a little rum, <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. Nice. <laughs> Oh, shoot. But anyway, before we get into any more, you know, I, you know, dip and anything like that, you want to take another little quick little break ski here? Let's do that. All right. We will be back. Howdy. But tell me, Eddie, is that a rabbit in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? Please. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, like I said, I just I'm reliving this and writing, going through all these notes. I just my world got turned up days with this movie I, I i'm telling you man i used to really love this and watching it for this podcast has really opened my eyes yeah like when's the last time you watched this oh it's probably been at least 10 years ago oh wow okay yeah and then i was like oh yeah like it's like it was still fun like i remember i was like i didn't enjoy it as much but 
maybe it was just a bad week. Maybe, you know, maybe if I watch it again in a couple months, but yeah, I, uh, don't mean to come back on a downer like that, but I just, I'm going back through these notes and reading before we go into the next section here. It's like, doggone it, man. I'm just, it, it's bumming me out. Yeah. I mean, I've never really loved this movie, but I don't want people to think I like hate this movie. It's not that. It's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's not as good as, I just don't enjoy it as a lot of other people. That's what's going up on our social media page, actually, just, just in, or the, the new cool thing to do, the, the breaking with the alarm bells and <laughs> breaking Hightower hates frame roger rabbit mostly jessica rabbit calls out bob haskins <laughs> says his, says his uh, american accent was horrible <laughs> I, I was i remember when i started watching it again this week i was like oh this this uh, i thought this was set in la like it sounds like he's from new york that's impressive though he's because he's a british actor yeah i had to remind myself like he actually does a, a really good american accent yeah, he's he talks better than I do. It's <laughs> probably, I mean, yeah, me too. This was, bef- this was pre Mario. So <laughs> Mario, 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 Mario and Luigi Mario. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we last left our, our heroes were trying to fend off Roger getting uh, put into some dip and Eddie does the old, you know, you do, you don't gag and gets him to take a drink. And obviously the, uh, the importance of the, train whistle noise because blows up all the the glasses too and like, i don't know again i don't know why it has to be this way but he, he ducks down underneath the the countertop and dolores is still standing there and Grabs just her. gets yeah gets a handful of cleavage there and pulls her down yeah. he's getting fresh with it <laughs> So he has time. I love that he has time to kick a couple of those weasels off and everything else, and then grabs Roger right before he goes in and then kicks that, that dip over, which I never understood and I still don't fully understand because like everybody backs away from it and you know, oh my gosh, this this is the dip and like you know, gives you a hint like, okay, something's going on with Judge Dune the way he's avoiding it, but like all the people back up too, so I was like, Oh, maybe it affects people, but then at the end of the movie, like He's running through it, yeah. no problem. Like I just, I, I didn't fully under, I never, and still don't understand that. I just, they're probably just like, look, dude, I don't know what this is. I don't want that touch. My, I don't <laughs> want that touch in my shoes. Yeah, listen, keep that green stuff away from me, but give me all of the alcohol at two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon to drown my sorrows. <laughs> but some of them got laid off. I get it, man. Yeah. But yeah, they make their getaway and they're gonna steal the weasel's car and they they find Benny the cab, also voiced by Charles Fleischer. Um, hard to imagine that that's this Roger and, <laughs> and yes. Benny are the same characters, but just totally different. But he um, he he provides a little comic relief, I would say. It's a little over the top, but <laughs> you know they take off and the you know the old. Uh, gags and you know, like pull the lever and you know <laughs> pulls the lever goes up the cops are chasing after him they run into the weasels and make their getaway just again i'm watching this wondering you know how did they make it to where bob haskins is in something riding around now, obviously they have a way of doing it but it just it looks really believable that he's riding around in this cartoon car in the middle of downtown la <laughs> yeah it looks like he's just sitting on something i mean yeah they, they did a good job I'm sure it was like a side, yeah. you know, motorcycle car or something like well, nothing right. too crazy, but yeah, it looks pretty good. 
but a nice little, you know, at the end of, of their uh, fun little ride getaway, you know, if you ever need a ride, just stick out your thumb, which again, this movie's full of like, just throw away plot points that come, come back to be, you know, big later on. <laughs> and he takes him to a movie theater. You remember movie theaters? Oh man, I miss them. Every day. You know what I do miss? I, I would love actually is going to a movie theater and I, I know I could stop there, but going to a movie theater where they have like cartoons beforehand and not just previews, like, I feel like I would have really enjoyed that as a kid if they had like little cartoon shorts or like those serials that they used to do in the 30s, 40s, and 50s before movies started. I would actually really enjoy that. Yeah, that would be cool. So, yeah, they they go there and obviously Roger's, you know, making a, a huge scene yet again, throwing popcorn everywhere. But this is where Eddie finally tells Roger about his his brother. And this is another one of those scenes like you were talking about, like, you know, props to to Haskins here because he's giving this like emotional speech about how his brother died and his arm was broke and they, you know, graduated the academy and they thought it would be good. Like very sincere delivery of, yeah, this cartoon crushed my brother's head with a piano and makes it relatively impactful for how silly the premise is. Dude, you know what they should have done with this movie? You know what this movie should have been? What? This movie should have been like a revenge movie. Oh, yeah. Where like Eddie goes to like Toontown and like hunts down these like tunes and just like just goes on like a murder spree. That would have been way better. I like that idea. Yeah, you can and you can do that nowadays too. And you obviously yeah. <laughs> would it make it better or worse if you still had Mickey and Bugs and all that? Like, I almost think it would be better if all of them were involved. Yeah. I mean, that's still <laughs> like it tells you like where Disney was. Like, they weren't as popular, but like, Nowadays, that would never, ever happen. No, not a chance. Yeah, I mean, this was Touchstone's Pictures was still technically Disney Company, so but yeah, just, they just wouldn't they wouldn't be involved with a project like this. No, not a chance. But yeah, that that would be awesome if Eddie was just gunning down like those weasels. I like that. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. That'd be great. Lace those uh, cartoon bullets with some dip. <laughs> That'd be awesome. And this is another thing, too. Like, I watched it back. So there's the the cartoon, and then there's the newsreel playing in the background. And, you know, right before Eddie and Dolores, you know, rekindle their uh, – I say rekindle. I'm assuming they had a, a, a lover's uh, relationship beforehand. So mm-hmm. right before they walk out and, like, he's basically going to run away, they're like, RK Maroon closes on the – or closes the, with the bank on the Cloverleaf sale. And he's, like, all fired up. He's like, that's the connection. Like. Isn't that the same connection you were talking about before? Like I Yeah, I wrote I wrote what's the connection question? <laughs> Listen, Eddie figured it out though. He he had he had the aha moment. He, you know, yeah. He's like, This is it, this is the connection. We didn't have to understand it or take it. He he picked up on it. Good job, Eddie. <laughs> so yeah, and then we go back and this is where like when I was taking these notes, I was like, My God, this is going all over the place. So Roger and Eddie show up and Eddie's going to go upstairs and cause he told RK Maroon that he had the will and he didn't realize he did is the ironic thing, but tells Maroon that he has the will tells Roger to stay down and keep an eye out. Roger gets knocked out. We don't see by who. Mm-hmm. And then I made a note like, so Eddie goes up and like the only entrance that he knows of, at least from what I can tell from earlier in the movie is like the main in and out of that office. Like, how did he get into that sneaky little side entrance? Yeah, I'm kidding. 
he's like he's like the witch from Prince of Thieves. It's got to be it. Yeah, man. He he found that. I mean, he has a better ending too. Like he doesn't get hit with that big uh, big sword or the or the giant stick that she's got. Yeah, so he he's got a better ending than she does too. The scimitar. Scimitar. And like, I love how much RK Maroon's changed. Like, he's totally cool with like sell- blackmailing and selling somebody out. But then when Eddie comes up there, he's like a nervous wreck. Like, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. Like, well, what did you think was going to happen by doing stuff like this, man? Yeah, no kidding. What a turd. I always wanted to interrogate somebody like this too, sticking their necktie through a newsreel or an editing reel, like. That's that's tough business. See, I guess this would have played right along with the like revenge movie. He totally could have done. That. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and did you notice too? Like he hits that reel to like supposedly make the film go through, but every time he does, like his tie never moves or he never really gets any closer. He just <laughs> it just sits like the same length away. He's like, oh god, no. Nice, nice. Oh man, but yeah, like I said, so he, you know, he. He's he's suspicious. Maroon's suspicious that he doesn't have the will, so he takes the love letter out, which is obviously the will that we don't know it yet. Right. Um. Then he starts telling the whole story, like I was just gonna blackmail. So corroborating what Jessica was saying earlier, like I was just gonna blackmail Acme because Cloverleaf didn't want the land unless I sold both, and now they're just gonna scrub it off. And before he has a chance to explain the whole thing in detail. We see the gun poking through the window and he gets shot in the back twice. And Eddie's very cavalier about it too. He's just, he takes his gun that Maroon had. There's a murder that was just committed in this office and his fingerprints are the only thing in this office. He's like, well, I'll leave it for the authorities. You know, just, just take, I mean, obviously he's got to chase after him, but just, he just seems so like, well, what are you going to do? You know? So was the were the bullets intended for Maroon, or it seemed like Eddie moved out of the way and then Maroon was shot? Like, was was I th- trying to shoot Eddie? Well, I think it was. I think it was intended for both. Honestly, like yeah. I, he clearly. The, the I, I'm like you. Like it looked like Eddie was you know avoided the first one, but then he shoots Maroon twice. So I think he was perfectly fine killing Maroon. Like that ties up a loose end for him. And then Eddie's obviously sniffing around getting close so i think he wanted to try and kill him too that makes sense that's i would buy that yeah and eddie you know goes to the window sees jessica running running away but um you know takes off after her because again we just this flip-flopping like is she good is she bad so he takes off chasing after and chases her to the toontown tunnel and then stops and does this whole you know gets the cartoon guns out and decides to stop drinking so he's he's completed his turn back to you know being a good guy again <laughs> right and i also i i didn't i didn't have a chance to look this up but i feel like it has it has to be the same tunnel from back to the future too yeah it's a like commonly used tunnel it's in a ton of movies okay i was like i was watching it i was looking like I don't know where I find this, but I'm watching. Like, there's not that many tunnels that look like that. That yeah, it's like a, it's like in L.A. It's a it's one used frequently. Would have been uh, would have been way better if Eddie chased after her and like on the other side ran into a manure truck. <laughs> totally. Way better. <laughs> I hate manure. I hate poop. 
but Eddie, yeah, he has his, uh, you know, sobriety moment, I guess is the best way to put it. And pours the bottle out and shoots the tomahawk bullet after it. And then he takes off after and finally gets into Toontown. And again, just the animation throughout this entire scene is, is phenomenal. Um, Goes to Toontown? Yeah. Oh, man, I hate this part. I mean, The animation is good. I just don't like anything about it. I I don't I don't like it either. Like I again like I remember as a kid like cool cartoons, but watching it now is like dear God, this is taking forever. But I I had to give I had to give props at least to the animation. Like I feel again that goes without saying, but yeah, this the whole thing just drags on and just it's like needlessly complicated. There's like there's two there's two good moments in here. The first one is we get to see Droopy Dog as the elevator. Yeah, that, that was my favorite part. <laughs> That's a good one. And then I also like Tweety Bird, like straight up trying to murder Eddie by <laughs> poking his fingers. Actually, yeah, actually, like, oh darn. <laughs> <laughs> that part was good too. Going down, sir. <laughs> God, I love that. Was that was my favorite part? <laughs> Have a good day, sir. I love Droopy Dog. Oh yeah, but yeah, the whole like he sees her, it goes up after her. It turns out to be, which is again like totally random. This psychotic redheaded cartoon lady, like no idea what the hell that is. Um, I I did get a kick out of Christopher Lloyd running away in that alleyway. The way he (laughs) runs away, just. <laughs> totally like cartoons. Like again, you know. Again, at this point, he's obviously a complete psychopath. But just the way he runs away always just made me laugh. I think why I don't like it so much is I have somewhat recently watched Cool World. Have you seen that one? I had that. It's been longer since I've seen Cool World. And Brad Pitt's in like you know the he's also in a cartoon world, and it's just yeah terrible. So maybe that's what it reminds me of. It, well, it, this was like, I, I made a note of this too. Like this was a, I don't want to say a big craze, but there I a few different things. So like there was this, there was cool world. There was uh this um, opposites of track video, the Paula Abdul song. Like, Oh, that one's awesome though. There was, I know, but there was a lot of like people and cartoons interacting at this point in time. Like, I don't, it, it was kind of, it was like a phase for a little bit and then just kind of went away. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, like, I probably got, like, super popular after this movie, honestly, because... Oh, I'm sure. They had so much success with this one. Yeah, and it's... I can, I again, I can understand why, but, yeah, just as I'm watching this, and even, you know, these detective stories that you watch, and you're trying to, like, okay, who done it? Like, what's going on? What's the background? So, like, even this was, like, dear God, this is just needlessly complicated. And, again, I go back to this is targeted towards kids for the most part. Like a kid is not, I, I know I didn't pick up on all this stuff. I was just like, yeah. Oh, okay. It just cause good. Oh, no, nope, she's bad. Oh, she's good. Okay. Judge Dune's the bad guy. Now, like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like whatever. I just watch for the cartoons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I agree, but also just the needlessly confusing plot, like underlying plot. Yeah ridiculous yeah this is one of those it was an hour and like 45 minutes or whatever and it was one of those movies that felt every bit of that (laughs) no doubt but yeah we find you know again come to find out apparently jessica knew the whole time as she's driving eddie back because 
or no, I'm sorry, they hop in Benny's car because <laughs> during their argument, Eddie accidentally holds out his thumb and, and Benny shows up out of nowhere. Um, then we find out that, you know, Roger took Eddie's car and he's heading back through the tunnel to chase after him, even though we have no idea where he goes because he shows up like way later. But um, <laughs> like you're hearing this whole like, I knew it was Judge Dune from blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they he clearly wanted to be a part of Cloverleaf and all this. And again, there's just this plot. And I'm like, dear God, this is way more information that I need right now. Like, just get to the point where they're fighting the bad guy at the end. Right. Right on. And Dune's waiting on the other side as they come out and kicks the, the canister of, you know, dip over, which. Yeah. Is that dip? Yeah, I think so, because that's why Benny spins yeah. out of control and crashes, and he, like, doesn't want to walk on his tires after that. Yeah, I thought, he like, Benny was going to die after he rolled through that. I mean, maybe just because he glid- glided over the top of it, he did, he wasn't yeah. going to die, and he was just acting like it was, like, a, a broken leg kind of situation. I, I don't know. Yeah, you hate to see it. Poor Benny. Yeah. He's playing possum, though. You you can see that. Right. He's op- opening up his eyes. He's he's he, got an eye on him, and he comes back. He provides good intel, and then yeah, they go back to the uh, go back to the Acme factory. Which, God, <laughs> okay, does he have the will? No, search the woman. Just <laughs> sticks his hand down her boobs and her cleavage. Dude, nice, nice booby trap. trap. Like, yeah, like that was the one I like time it. I was like, all right, that one, that one I'm okay with. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a that's a good joke. Um, and then yeah, Roger finally pulls up and sees Benny, and Benny tells him where they were, and <laughs> the visual gag of Benny driving a car. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, all right, that's again somewhat humorous, but enough is just like, ha, huh, okay. <laughs> that's good. This is when we find out that Doctor or Doctor <laughs> Doctor Doom, yeah, Doctor Doom, not Doctor Doom, the other. <laughs> Judge Doom, his brother, is buying all this stuff, and he's, you know, he has Cloverleaf. But, like, where in the world is this guy getting all this money to be buying all these things? I know. Freaking where's he, yeah, where's he getting the money? And then, in between, like, when obviously Roger, you know, breaks in and falls in through the window, but then he's like, I'm the sole stockholder, and we want to wipe out Toontown and put out freeways where people can drive 70 miles an hour. And, right. I mean, cl- clearly, like, this whole thing is kind of a, you know, how ridiculous and how sad these, I don't know, the freeways and shopping mall, like they're, I, clearly their point is to drive it home, like how not great this is. But I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking of watching this through the lens of a 10, 12 year old. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, what, why are we, what are we doing here? How does Doom gain from that, from that, uh, shutting down the trolley system and creating a freeway? Like, does he have, does he own, like, car dealerships like i don't understand like what he's getting out of this i think based off what i my understanding was is like he owns he is like the sole stockholder for cloverleaf and they're in charge of like road construction and maybe the he's like i happen to get a glance at this town hall meeting that this is their plan so he's trying to benefit off of the road construction business Okay, so he's going to get some of those road contracts to create the freeway. Okay, and as we all know, that's how you grease the palms back in the forties. No doubt, man. (laughs) If it wasn't moonshine, it was it was road construction. 
Gotta get those rope construction jobs lined up. God, I was just like listening through this whole thing. I'm like, geez, what a what a needlessly complex thing. Seriously. And I I made a note too. I was like, these people clearly did not like the idea of of expressway or freeway because they just yeah. they are hammering it the entire time. They need to talk to Dwight David Eisenhower about that. Exactly. They are in a for a rude awakening here in the next decade. <laughs> So, and the other thing too, like he's going through is obviously his bad guy, you know, spiel explaining everything that, you know, bad guys should do. And then Roger comes shooting up from that drain. And I, I don't know if I saw it or not, or if I just wanted to see it, but I feel like there were some turds flying around too, whenever he comes shooting out of there. I did, I did not notice any. I just, <laughs> when he, he fell into the toilet and then he comes shooting out and I was like, I feel like at the beginning, there's got to be some turds in there because it's he's coming flying out from a sewage system. It's possible. Oh my goodness! And then you know we go from that, and he's obviously trying to hold everybody up. You know, like <laughs> stick them up and blah blah blah. And then they cut the ton of bricks, and it knocks him down again. You know, put the lovebirds up on the <laughs> put the lovebirds. I made a note of this using the escape-proof tune rope. <laughs> <laughs> It's like God, what you gotta love these throwaway lines. It's just like it's just supposed to wrap up convenient plot points. That's awesome. Oh my goodness gracious! So yeah, they finally get him set up. He revealed like I have the vehicle that's gonna wipe Toontown off the face of the earth. And apparently, nobody in the entire country who watches cartoons is gonna care because Los Angeles has a freeway now. Which <laughs> whatever you say, man. Like whatever you gotta get, you know, put. Put your hat on, get, you know, look yourself in the mirror every day. That's fine. Um, but he's walking away and he falls on those loose balls and he falls and all the weasels start laughing again. It's like, You're going to laugh yourself to death. And, and we see the light bulb go off with Eddie's idea and the best part of the movie, I think. Yeah, it's really, I do enjoy this scene. <laughs> Just. And the the fact that he's like making it up on the on the fly too makes me laugh. Just, Roger is his name, and laughter is his game. Come on, you dope on Tyus rope. Watch him go insane, and then he just starts doing all of these, hitting himself in the head, tossing these heavy balls yeah. around. Like he's gonna have serious concussion after this. Yeah, he's he is not a cartoon, and he could be injured. Also, something that has always bothered me, even when I was a kid, like Dune walks away. And where does he go during this whole thing? Like he has to hear the music playing. He has to hear all of the laughing and he just like, eh, I warned him a couple times. They're going to, they made their own bed. They're going to lie in it now. He's uh, doing some bad guy things <laughs> over, over on the side of the room. Staying busy over here. Lots of bad guy stuff going on. Don't be bothering us. <laughs> Just oh my! I did. I was like, God, where is he going? Like he just sits there, and then he like pops up riding that conveyor belt thing. Like two minutes later, it's like there's not that many rooms in this building. Where are you while all this is going on? (laughs) So yeah, I did. uh, I I I do thoroughly enjoy. Like I I still remember. Like I watched. It's like okay, this is fun. But he starts killing off the weasels by by laughter and that one in the straight jacket. (laughs) gets the the spray dip going and then dies and it goes away and then he hits it again as a ghost yeah that's a nice oh man nice nicely done but um 
Yeah, he take, takes off mountain. <laughs> I'd kick you in the nose. <laughs> that don't rhyme with walls. <laughs> Clearly, I'm going to kick you in the balls. Nice just, uh, Yeah, just so many things. But then we get the, uh, I guess, the first climactic battle between Judge Doom and Eddie as he's, yeah. he's trying to rescue them. <laughs> I forgot there were two of them. It's so like I I remember telling people when I was younger, like, oh, I used to love, you know, who framed Roger Rabbit. They're like, God, that judge dude is like creepy, especially at the end. I was always like, you know, again, keep in mind, you know, I watch Ren and Stimpy. I didn't think anything of, you know, this. I was like, oh, this is just cartoon movie or whatever. Like watching it now, like, God, this is genuinely horrifying if you're watching this as a kid. That's a great call, though. Like that when he's kind of like in, when he has like the cartoon eyes, he does kind of remind me of like a Ren and Simpy character or something. There's a lot of so I and, and I I'm gonna go off on a tangent here because we're gonna be taking a break soon. And I don't want to go too much into the the fight, but I watched a um, I'm a big Ren and Simpy guy, so I watched a documentary about the just the show and like the the start of it and like why they did it. So the creator did not like eighties cartoons. Like he was super pissed. He's like, they're all they are is designed to sell toys and action figures and stuff, which he's not totally wrong, but I still enjoyed them. Right. But his whole thing is like, I want to get back to an animation style of like the forties, fifties, like Looney, Looney tunes and all these things. So one of the thing, even when I was watching it now, like the beginning, the, the mom, whenever she leaves baby Herman in the first cartoon, like you only see her from the knee down, like Ren and Stimpy. There's a character in Ren and Stimpy. It's they're called husband and wife. And all you see of the wife is like high heeled shoes and like a dress like that. So I was like, Holy crap. Like this is, this totally seems like an inspiration for, for something like that. Good catch. So that's just useless knowledge for everybody that has nothing to do with Roger rabbit. But if you uh, if you want to, we can take a quick little break here. We can wrap up the final fight and, and go through our uh, our rankings and ratings. Let's do that. Rock and roll. We will be back, everybody. Adios. A laugh can be a very powerful thing. Why, sometimes in life, it's the only weapon we have. Hello, Clarice. Well, hello, Clarice. How are you? I am I am ready to wrap this thing up, man, and and close this um, close this chapter on my childhood. Just kick my uh, my ten year old self right in the groin. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, so yeah, we left. You know, obviously going back and forth, but then Doom comes flying in and uh, starts fighting with Eddie. So he's well placed or well hidden sword, I should say, in his walking cane that he. He just conveniently happens to pull out now, but then we get the the singing Frank Sinatra sword, which is kind of a neat touch. Yeah, that was nice. Oh, also totally random and out of nowhere. And some witchcraft. Wondering, um, wondering how much he would have got paid for something like that? Because, like, hey, can you sing a couple of bars of this song, Frank? Yeah, it was Sinatra alive in '88. I don't remember. Probably. I I don't know. Probably. That is a great question. I think he was. Yeah, I think so. Um. So yeah, they you know kind of start going back and forth, and he there's I mean to to their credit, I mean there's some semi comical gags, um, like the you know the giant magnet thing, which Doom starts fighting at first, and then he just like steers into it, and like he's gonna stab Eddie, but then 
Eddie gets pinned to the the barrel and don't move. And he's <laughs> again, if you don't know that he's a tune, you're like, why is he going out of his way to try and steamroll him to death? But obviously as a cartoon, you can think like, okay, he's trying to go as over the top as he can with it. Like I get that now. Right. So he makes his escape with the little black hole circular thing, which again, they, you know, they're doing all these gags earlier, kind of like throwaway ones beforehand, but sneaks away with that, kicks him off the roller. And then I made a note of this too. Like the roller was going one way and like clearly slows down and stops. <laughs> and then literally the next scene, it's coming back at them. Like how the hell did it get turned around so quickly? Yeah. Then doom punches the Acme glue and tries to punch Eddie in the face and gets stuck to the, the steamroller and yeah. gets flatlined, gets gets I crushed. I love the noise he's making as he's getting crushed too. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know what's happening, but I love it. Oh my god, just going so crazy, and then like immediately he stands back up, like look, and that's that like stop motion kind of animation, which again is is kind of a cool effect. Mm-hmm. But it's just so super creepy. Like, especially now, he's, like, inflating himself, and those eyes pop out, and then we see that, you know, he I killed your brother. I talked just like this, and how high-pitched and squeaky and creepy his voice is. <laughs> like, dear God. It, like, it always struck me, too, like his hairdo whenever his hat comes off. <laughs> like, why, why is that needed to be that way? Like, why couldn't it just be, like, a regular hairdo or just make him bald? <laughs> It's like something out of uh, the hills have eyes or something. I know he well. He's maybe he's like really big into like the whole punk rock thing too. Must and have been. He was covering it up. Maybe he was embarrassed. Like this was he. He became a judge because he settled down. <laughs> so yeah, Eddie had had successfully turned the uh, the vehicle off the big, you know, the big dip vehicle. And then judge Dune turns it back on and sends it back towards him and then takes his glove off and knocks Eddie back with that anvil. And then he does the whole saw thing. And Eddie sees the, the mallet with the uh, boxing glove in it off to the side and (laughs) carefully avoids it. And then apparently like every good henchman that has this mega doomsday device, they have a, singular weak point with one little thing that can just completely destroy it. And he hits the switch with the glove, man. And he gets doubt and, and judge Dune gets doused with the dip. And also is melting. <laughs> Melts like the wicked witch of the West. Yeah. <laughs> I'm melting. I'm melting. And I, <laughs> I have to say, like, I made a note of this too. <laughs> like he comes in after he, you know, they rinses out all the dip off the floor and everything. Like, wow, he must have been a tune. Like, yeah, he wore this rubber mask to convince us, like, rubber mask my ass. Like, that is not... Yeah. <laughs> a rubber mask would be way different than that. I love it. I love it, too. Like, his dead body's just, like, you know, melted in that pool and of dip, and then, like, Mickey Mouse just rolls up. It's like, oh, yeah. Here's a dead body. Yeah, there, there he is. He must have been a tune. Like, yeah, oh, my God. I, I love that, too. And they, you know, the... Um, the vehicle like busts through and gets into Toontown and that train just sideswipes it. Yeah. And apparently we're not worried about the residual dip that's left in there. Apparently that, that was all of it actually. But yeah, then we get the big happy, um, you know, come together and we find out that, you know, it, it dawns on Eddie that the, 
the will was the disappearing, reappearing ink, and the, the will populates. So Toontown has officially been left to the tunes, and Eddie is no longer a sourpuss because he kisses Roger in the mouth. And that's right. He got his, he got his humor. Roll, roll, <laughs> he did. At, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You, you know, you got to be able to smile and, and laugh, and, and Eddie got his humor back. So That's right. This movie should have been instead of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like how Eddie got his groove back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that's uh, that's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, like I said, I've I've said it many times. I apologize to people, but it was it was pretty demoralizing as a kid. I love this movie. This... I thought I thought it was really really great, and I I loved it. But man, it's. Uh, it did not hold up well. There's someone out there right now who like this is their favorite movie and like they're putting bullets in the gun right now. They might be. I was when I was looking on IMDb before we got on the call, like the rate I think it's like a seven point something rating. And I was reading it for like the first two I saw. Thank God we live in a world where Roger Rabbit exists. And it was like they gave it a ten. I'm like, oh my God, come on. Yeah, I like the idea of Roger Rabbit, but I mean, even just Roger Rabbit, the character, like I, I don't even, I can't really stand him either. Yeah, it's it's too much. Like as a as a kid, I'm like, oh, this is like a new kind of Bugs Bunny thing, and then like as you get older, you're like, I just would rather have Bugs Bunny. Yeah, he's this guy's way more annoying. Yeah, just not worth it, and like a weird cartoon bestiality piece of it either it's like not cool like i'm i'm not on board with any of it right yeah right on well you really should read the book the book is good i will have to do that because i um i'm like you i like the idea and the concept of it is a really good idea but man it just it it took too long for me it drug on a little bit this is our first movie that we've reviewed that has not been um you know, more positive than negative review. So th- this is a this is a first for us as well. Very true. I guess if nothing else, we can take that away from it. Yeah, it was good. To, we can't, you know, we can't love them all. No, I wanted to. I really did. I was like, all right, I was in the wrong frame of mind. But sorry to everybody if you listened and and you enjoy this one. This is uh, this is not high on our list. So well, before we get to the actual rankings, yes, got to know who your movie MVP is. So mine is Christopher Lloyd. I was, uh, I was watching this and that's actually a note I made. Like Christopher Lloyd is criminally underrated for some of the stuff that he's done from doc, obviously to this, to, you know, fester to even like, I, you know, more, I more serious roles earlier on, like even one flew over the cuckoo's nest and things like that. Like he's just, obviously he's got a, you know, the, the psychotic eyebrow look and the crazy, you know, kind of crazy guy niche down but i just between him and bob haskins like they carried this movie for me yep that's a good pick super creepy bad guy for sure who's your mvp my mvp is dolores i had a feeling you might be leaning in that direction when we were talking about this that's fair i mean she's not only is she essential, but she uh, she doesn't uh, take any guff from from Eddie. I just love her. I love her character. I love everything about Dolores. She's strong. She's tough. She's loyal. Yeah, I'm all in. She's the total package. She's kind of like Lex Luger. Oh, 
the, the total package, Lex Luger. Yeah, just without the steroid issue. You like she's gonna put Eddie up in the torture rig. <laughs> Cut a uh, subpar promo on somebody and <laughs> look like a million bucks. That's right. Look like a million bucks. Try and replace Hulk Hogan. And then the match started. Or and then the bell. <laughs> the, the damn bell had to ring. <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk rankings here. Yeah. So um, just for our viewers here, I'm going to run it down. The cash rank. Yes, sir. You have Ghostbusters, Tombstone, Adventures in Babysitting, Ninja Turtles, Predator, and Prince of Thieves. The rankings are going to stay the exact same and throw Roger Rabbit on the bottom. Thought that might be coming. I'm going to do the same thing, but I'll run through mine real quick. I have Tombstone, number one, Ghostbusters, Predator, Adventures in Babysitting, Ninja Turtles, Prince of Thieves, and I, too, will have Roger Rabbit at the bottom. And It's understandable. Yeah, it's, yeah. What's your uh, Richter scale rating? So I um I I would have given it lower but I'm I'm trying to cut my younger self some slack so I went with a 5.0. A 5.0 that's still a pretty good rating which, I think. Which is it's generous. I trust me I most of me is like this is like a 4.5 or or below but with how much I enjoyed it as a kid I gave myself a little bit of slack so I'm I'm going to say 5.0 right now. I'm probably going to regret that a couple shows later on, but I'll go with the five for now. That's, I feel like that's pretty good. I mean, the top is 6.9. That's yeah, it's a good rating. I'm going to go 3.0. That's fair. I, I do not blame you one bit for that. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the worst thing I've ever seen. It's just, yeah, it's just, you know, not my favorite. I I am a generous ranker i've i've come to find out so i'm gonna have to be a tougher critic and like i said i cannot stress this enough how much i enjoyed this movie as a kid and we watched it as a i mean as not as a family but like my my brother and sister and i would watch this sometimes and i just enjoyed it so much and then like i said my my world kind of came crashing down this week so this this was a this was a buzzkill of a week for me for this show but it was it was good You've been listening to a lot of Sarah McLaughlin at nights. <laughs> I just turn on those. I I have uh I take you know slow video slow motion videos of my dogs and have Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background to bum me out. <laughs> I will remember. I could do that right now. One of them's asleep right next to me, and just do that. Like just throw that video on. Really buzzkill everybody. Just <laughs> just Seriously. bring the mood down. No doubt. You know what? You talked me in. I'm going to revise. I'm going 4.5. I'm bringing it down because, yeah, I sometimes stuff that you love as a kid, even though you loved it as a kid, you got to you got to know when it, you, you can only polish a turd so much. It's still a turd. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to do like a running gag where I just lower my Roger Rabbit score like <laughs> a, a, a point every week. Last week we were let's see what the rankings were. Roger Rabbit is at a negative two point four now. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well that was a that was our what seventh film we've done? Yeah, we are we are on on to lucky number eight. Now we're cooking with oil. That's right, man. So what um what do you got for us? Because it is your pick. I'm gonna do I'm gonna jump into the nineties, going back to the nineties. 
for a, I mean, I'm going to say a cult favorite because it's got a pretty good regular following also, but uh, one of my favorite films of the 90s, I'd say, uh, The Big Lebowski. The Dude Abides. The Dude Abides. You have just made Ryan, our, one of our new listeners I was talking about earlier, that was, he texted me, he's like, hey, if you guys are taking suggestions, like I would recommend Big Lebowski. And Big Dave also said, hey, we want we want Big Lebowski. So you're going to make their day next week, man. I can't believe you texted me that because I was seriously, I like meant to text you that day and like, hey, man, I'm thinking of Lebowski. And then like you beat me to it. And then you offered me up that movie. It was It was fortuitous. It's uh, it's gonna be nice. So we're not we're not gonna be talking about a stinker. I'm like you. Like it. Uh, I think when I first watched this movie, uh, like a lot of people, you didn't you know fully understand maybe or know what to expect, but you picked up on some of the humor. And mm-hmm. this is uh, this is a movie that you grow with appreciation each time you watch it. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, I I quote this movie all the time. Like whenever my son tries to butt into my conversation, I just say, "You're out of your element, Donnie." <laughs> And what, what I, happens daily. I can vividly remember being in the dugout in high school. Um, I, I, so I like this movie in high school, and I, you know, obviously have a a wide uh, range of movies I like. And my cell phone was ringing. Somebody was calling me, and I, I didn't know this guy very well. We instantly became very good friends after this. But it started ringing. He goes, "Phone's ringing, dude." <laughs> and I turned to him. I was like. Are you saying like, hey, dude, your phone's ringing, or are you saying phone's ringing, dude? He goes, no, I'm I'm saying phone's ring. Like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and then we did karate in the garage after that. <laughs> That's awesome. I will say, at least um, you know, I threw it up there today, and and I'm glad you uh, you know some people picked up on it. But you know, Roger Rabbit, obviously, we talked about this week, not high on our list, but it's it's no Manos, the Hands of Fate. That's Oh, Probably the worst movie I've ever seen. It 100% is. So if anybody was curious where, where the picture came from on the uh, Facebook and Instagram page, that is that is Torgo from Manos, The Hands of Fate. Torgo's wishing like, you all a happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have gotten it, but I saw the Torgo. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's from that's from Manos. That's a, uh, that's a running gag around the house. Torgo has a theme song on YouTube. Um, somebody has... It's like the same like two second loop of a noise, but they did it for <laughs> ten hours straight. So if I want to mess with my wife, sometimes I'll crank the TV up really loud and turn that on. And uh, yeah, it's it it'll it'll test your patience. So you know, don't do it if you're not prepared to commit. Let me just tell you. Good move. Good move. <laughs> Any other parting shots for Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I got nothing. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, we appreciate it, guys. Thanks again. We'll uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the Big Lebowski. We will be back. <laughs> that's that's like your opinion, man. <laughs> Adios, dude. Later, bud. Well, bye. <laughs>